0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Austin Reeves enters the starting lineup. The Lakers get a massive win on Wednesday. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. By the way, sometimes on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. It's not just Monday through Friday. Um, not while all this is happening, Andy. The Lakers trying to push their way into the top 10. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, uh, watch the magic happen, and more importantly, uh, you get, you can be part of a a community of Lakers fans, basketball fans, upwards of 14,000 people strong, talking to us, talking to each other. We'd love to take those comments, use them on the show, uh, incorporate them into the podcast. So uh, appreciate all the support we're getting over there. Um, the big news, Andy, from, from Wednesday night, we asked the question, is it time to take Malik Beasley out of the starting lineup? That was the topic, our main topic, our A topic, for uh, for for Wednesday's show, Darvin Ham listened, and he decided the answer was yes.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I had been wondering this for a couple weeks. Just like, is Malik Beasley a few miss, few more misses away from something having to happen? I had not necessarily anticipated Austin Reeves moving into the starting lineup just because a he had been such a vital, and I think really necessary part of the bench thriving so well and the Lakers bench has been really good over like the last month or so and b Reeves had been playing so many minutes that it didn't it didn't feel necessary if you wanted to get Reeves more minutes you could just lower Beasley's you could just lower Beasley's playing time or you know you could put say Lonnie Walker in there or Flip something else that felt less like a move that directly affected Reeves's effect on the bench and his the closing role he had anyway. As it turns out, and this was really interesting, not only did Reeves end up getting the starting nod and playing really well, he ended up just playing thirty nine minutes, right. and this was something. Solve
0: I- that problem, like of, of like, what do you do with some of those bench minutes or whatever, uh, just by playing Reeves almost the entire game.
1: Yeah, uh, one twenty two,
0: one eleven. By the way, the final score. The Lakers um, control this game pretty much throughout um, as they beat a shorthanded Sun squad, uh, moves them to thirty six and thirty seven, back into tenth in the Western Conference. We'll break that down a little bit later in the show.
1: Yeah, I tweeted out during the game at Cam Brothers that between Reeves's new role as a starter, uh, which is, I think is going to stay that way at minimum until LeBron until, gets back. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, I mean, depending on, I, I'm not sure what happens when LeBron gets back, but until LeBron gets back, this is Reeves's role. But between the the role now as a starter and also co captain with Dennis Schroeder of the bench, Reeves is very likely going to lead the team in minutes over the the final 10 games of the season. He led the team tonight, and as I suspected would be the case, he was the first player subbed out about six and a half minutes into the first quarter so he could get a breather before going back into the game with about two minutes left in the first. So basically, they're just telling Austin Reeves, you know, get – you know, get your get your stretching in before the game. But I, I mean, look,
0: it's L.A. He's a young man. Like you know, you might normally worry, like, is he going to run out of energy? You know, from heading out to the club or whatever it is, <laughs> is he going to have his legs under him? I think they feel confident that that Reeves is just going to go home and go to bed after every game. And on you know, you know, tonight, you know, when there's no game, he's going to be in bed at like seven um, or whatever it is, getting a lot of sleep because he's going to need
1: it. Yeah, he seems like a guy that just puts on his sleeping hoodie and just goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Some That's... sort of
0: snuggie and just, <laughs> yeah. just goes to bed.
1: But uh, um, 25 points for Reeves, uh, uh-huh. 12 of 13 from the line. And the the free throws is something that we're going to talk about because Monty Williams talked about it after the game, and that was the only thing he talked about before abruptly exiting Uh, his post-game press conference for the Suns. Uh, Reeves also had 11 assists against just two turnovers. It it was a magnificent showing, man.
0: He was great. Plus 18 over those 38, uh, almost 39 minutes. Um, He has gone to the line 13 times uh, uh, on on Wednesday. Um, The Orlando game on Sunday, he went to the line 18 times. He went nine times against Dallas, 13 times against Houston. Um he, he has clearly figured something out here in terms of in, in terms of his confidence uh, getting into lane and drawing contact. It's always been a strength of his, you know, drawing drawing contact in that way. But he's you know, with these bigger minutes um and higher leverage minutes, is doing like the the Trey Young thing, the James Harden thing, the one of, one of these guys who is, you know, Shay is is notorious for this, Jimmy Butler. One of these guys who just earns six or seven or eight points every game at the line, that's what he's been doing of late, it'll be really interesting to me to see if he can keep that up or what the defensive adjustment the teams make to that will be. I don't know exactly what it is because part of the reason players like that are so effective at getting to the line is they understand angles. They change speeds incredibly well. Um, and they are capable if you don't put a body on Austin Reeves that way. He's just gonna okay. I'll just go score. I mean, it's you know, they he's very crafty in that way. And so uh, the defensive adjustment is coming. Uh, teams will start to defend him differently, scout him differently, and all that. And I'm not saying the guy's gonna become instantly here on out a 24 point a night guy, but. I don't think it's going to be one of these things where, you know, like remember when Mike Penberthy <laughs> kind of hit the scene and mm-hmm. it was, okay, okay, go guard him. And that was sort of the end of Mike Penberthy. We're not going to see that. Like Austin Reeves, this uptick is, is for real. Yeah. And I, mean, I by he, the way, I do think he's going to keep starting. And I think when LeBron gets back, um, I think he'll probably continue to keep starting. Cause at that point, a, it means the lineup will have been doing really well, but also b. I think when you get to that
1: point, you just keep playing your best players. Yeah, I mean, it, I think there's a really good chance of that. I'm just saying you, you never know what, en- what ends up happening once mm-hmm. you put LeBron back in that lineup and a lot of what you'd be looking for from Austin, LeBron will be doing. So that, that would be the only variable there. What's interesting uh, with the free throws, Austin, uh, there's a quote I saw after the game where – He said, quote, 46 free throws is a lot, talking about the whole team, not Austin. He did not get 46 free throws. It it just felt felt like it. it, Yeah. 46 (laughs) free throws is a lot, but if you get downhill a lot and you have guys like AD and D'Lo who are really crafty, you're going to get a lot of fouls. First of all, I love that Austin Reeves, in just two seasons, has gone from all shucks, undrafted free agent rookie to don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> glorious. <laughs> that is fantastic. Second, like the thing that I think about Reeves, once people get past like the the mystifying element of like seriously? Like Austin Reeves is getting the line like 10 times a game. Like really? Like, you know, and Googling who is Austin Reeves. Like uh one of our frequent Twitter follows, uh we love him, uh at Los Real Ali, or as he calls himself, Doctor Los, real polyamorous tantric sex guru. The most impressive thing with Austin Reeves, he almost never twerks and convulses like CP3, Luca, Trey, Harden, and Joe Cocker. And I think there's something there's something truthful about. This. They basically fans, came up with rules to stop <laughs> like Trey Young from doing this.
0: There's going to be there's going to be some some revisionism <laughs> with Lakers fans. Like we were joking about this before the show. Like I. I I know a few people who just detest, detest the way James Harden plays basketball. I'm not one of them. I think the ability to pick up fouls like that is is a skill that requires an amazing feel for for the game. Um, And so, like, Lakers fans are going to twist themselves up in some knots trying to talk about how Reeves is not doing basically the same thing that those other guys are doing. But I will say... That point is correct. Reeves usually sells contact on the other end, like when he's getting hit in the face, you know, but like he he is much more demonstrative selling contact as a defender than he is drawing files to get to the line. So I will say I agree with you the way Austin Reeves does exactly the same thing. Is significantly more dignified. It is more
1: honorable, and it is therefore better with Reeves and the way he goes out of his way to draw contact defensively, and that is contact that he truly earns. Just ask his face. Yes, that's a big difference also between him and James Harden, oh Trey Young, oh yeah, those two guys, (laughs) like (laughs) those two guys for sure. You're going to respect the way Reeves just draws contact in general. More than those other guys. So
0: yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh yeah, no, you're right about that. All right, um, let's uh, let's move on to AD because um, interesting one, an interesting one from Anthony Davis on Wednesday. We'll get to it next.
1: Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, and we are excited by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, your dream can come true with Ultimate Pro basketball gm manage every strategic aspect of your team during the season you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants trading and training players making draft picks navigating the franchise through free agency and the draft and the ups and downs of the season and ultimate pro basketball gm is completely free playable offline on the go whenever you want i've created a new gm for my team the los angeles knights his name's Chaz bartender Locked on Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in all caps in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, then scan the code or look it up in the App Store. Again, probasketballgm.com. Locked on is the promo code in all caps for the 100% free boost. Start your dynasty today.
0: So um I I didn't actually get a chance to do it but I almost texted you in the in in the middle of the first half noting how interesting it was that Austin Reeves was now the Lakers best player um and which is a kind of a fun story uh, in the sense of like hey you know oh shucks um is is their best guy but um and by the way like every we need to keep doing that show of like how much is Austin Reeves going to make this off season. like t- with Wednesday's game there's like no chance that the Lakers get him for the Ford. Like they're just gonna have to sit there and wait for somebody to sign him to a bigger contract they can offer and match it. Like <laughs> another week of this, and the poison pill isn't even gonna seem that poisonous. It's
1: just gonna be like medicine. You know what you know what I thought about actually before we go to AD? Because we had talked about with with Reeves and you know that career game against the magic and all the monies he's going to be uh, receiving, and we are talking about. What is Austin Reeves's top end? Is he like a a guy who makes an all-star team once, or a guy that you you think of as all-star adjacent, like a Mike Conley? Like he's an all-star-ish caliber player, but just for a variety of reasons doesn't because they're really hard to make. Right. Right. Or is he like Danny Green, super high-end role player that will always be in demand? And we had said we didn't think he was an all-star. I gotta tell you these last couple games, I'm starting to wonder if he actually could be.
0: This guy is. I mean, like this this particular I mean, does he actually like he's much closer to that? And you know, LeBron is back. It's like I, I don't wanna like freak out and get ahead, but the, the point is like it is hard to put up okay. you to put up this kind of Across the be I mean, one thing if, if he was just shooting the ball really well or you know just going on kind of a scoring heater or something like that in the NBA it is really difficult in in particularly in games that are meaningful and the Lakers have been doing nothing but playing meaningful games against teams that are trying basically um, for the last month and for the most part Reeves has been sort of uniformly excellent across different categories and it is difficult to do that in the nba without just being good um and i don't know what the ceiling is Uh, there aren't very many all-stars so it's like in some ways it's almost just like a a safety default to say a guy isn't going to be an all-star because the chances are he's not um but what he is is really damn good I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is, but it, it is an intriguing thing for the Lakers to be in a position to be able to find out. in a crying shame that they can't get one more year out of it on a really, really, really cheap contract. Uh, but that is uh, that is a ship that has sailed. Um, but anyway, so I text. I was. I, I had seriously considered texting you about the uh, the Anthony Davis thing, and it was it was. I spent a lot of time in the first half just literally just watching AD and possessions, um, both because it is integral to the success of uh, the Lakers and also my fantasy team, which is in the stretch run of a very tightly uh, competitive race. And I just was like, okay, so Anthony Davis is a guy on this team whose function now is to set screens for D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves or like, that's what he does. He sets screens and then he like kind of moves somewhere else and sets another screen. And it, it was a weird combination for me of like sort of trying to sort of look like he's, he's trying to be a team player, get engaged, get involved. And almost like he just wasn't part of the game plan. It was, it was very strange to watch early.
1: I wouldn't go so far as to say I didn't think he was part of the game plan, but it he is clearly still trying to figure out this exact mix of this team that is now very guard heavy, but in a better way than it had been earlier in the season. and all of these different looks that are being thrown at him. um, and you know, in the case of somebody like Bismack Biombo, if nothing else, like he is out there purely to body a guy like Anthony Davis mm-hmm. like and block shots. That's, those are the only things that have kept Biombo in the league for over a decade. Like, that's it. But, you know, you do, you do start wondering at some point, like, okay, like we had talked about before, when is AD just going to say, F all y'all, I am the best player on the floor, I am certainly the best big man on the floor, enough of this? And the answer was the third quarter. Because the third quarter, A.D. was a flippin' monster in this game. <laughs> and he was a monster that was not just putting up points. It was the way he was going about doing it. Like, he was just seeking contact. He had 14 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from the line, still missing free throws at times. That made, no, made him down. made him in the fourth. He did make him in the fourth, which is good. A I nice change of pace. Yeah, four rebounds. Like he really he did had a strong third quarter, and I I just
0: there were a couple things that I thought it was it was funny too. It's like in the first half like, he just didn't whether he didn't have a lot of space, he didn't get it in places where like it got to the point like when he got it and he had any he did shoot. He was like I haven't touched the ball in a week. I'm going to shoot the ball and like you don't you you end up with long jumpers or things like it. It took like two possessions in the second half where he got a little bit of daylight or got a mismatch inside where um, you know, he was off switching in movement or whatever ended up with, you know, Chris Paul on his back that happened in the fourth quarter or something, you know, at one point and, you know, or it was just like one-on-one with Landale and no help came. And it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be stopped by jock Landale. Like that is not a thing that we're going to be doing tonight. And, Or, you know, Biombo in space with no double coming or before the double came or the double was to another, a little person. Um, He, 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 once he got going, that, you know, and he saw a little daylight and he had a couple buckets and he finished at the rim or drew some contact or whatever. Then it just kept going and it elevated and all of a sudden, like, it almost looked like a, a switch flipped in his head of decisiveness of going faster of making the moves more aggressively of, of all these other things and then there were moments because of that later where now he's in this sort of heightened space where okay now the double is coming and he makes the effective pass and the Lakers are ping-ponging the ball around in ways where you're know, like you could tell at that point he was inviting that pass because he knew if the double comes the double is going to come from here I'm going to be able to outlet there we're going to get you know they they shook Vanderbilt loose for a, a, an easy bucket late in the game. It was really decisive, based on AD reading that play really well, drawing a double, and moving on from there. But like it was, it was just like it didn't take much. If the Lakers and slash Davis could just do that in the first quarter,
1: it would be a lot better. Well, you know, I mean, look. To be fair to AD, they they finished the first half up seven, mm-hmm. and in the first half, the Lakers were. Scoring pretty well. They shot 46% from the field for the first half, and that was with uh, Schroeder and Rui missing all of their shots and Brown going two of six. They were shooting very well from behind the arc, and the, and the scoring had been really spread out mm-hmm. pretty evenly. So it might have been one of those things where AD was thinking, I don't necessarily need to, to force the matter. You know what I mean? Like in a way that maybe takes us out of a lot of Of what's working. working. But in that third quarter, like there was a sequence that stood out to me where on three straight possessions, he drew – he had a a sequence where he drew contact. Then he had this just really pretty baseline spin move against Landale where he he gets this just emphatic dunk. And then another sequence, drawing contact, getting to the line, and it just—it felt like in that third quarter, he was just ready to put the thing away. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, "Okay, now is the time. I really want to just start creating true separation and maybe asserting myself more in this game than it felt necessary, or whatever." You know, interestingly too, the Lakers also lost that third quarter. So maybe that was also AD feeling like, okay, I have to do more in this game because they were outscored thirty three to twenty nine. Devin Booker went on a heater; he had fourteen in the third. So, you know, this may have been AD. I guess maybe a function of AD feeling like, okay, I'm I'm going to let these other guys contribute until I really need to take
0: the thing over. Let's we'll talk a little bit more about this and and update the standings next because, like, this is
1: this is this is important. Um, So we'll do it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and the NBA season is coming down to the home stretch and that makes this the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, you can get bonus bets back. Even if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app, it's safe, secure, really easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three drains, threes drained, or you can get saucy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes, and FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. As of this recording, the Clippers are still giving up three points versus the Lakers' opponent on Friday, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's despite Paul George being out. It's a game where Laker fans are going to have to grit their teeth and wholeheartedly accept the idea of yelling Go Clippers because the enemy of your playing enemy is your friend. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more at Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: So, uh, on Wednesday, the Warriors beat the Mavericks. Um, things are getting a little nervous. I would think in, in Dallas, um, You know, the the Warriors on the road, by the way, beat Dallas. So um, that is a a doubly offensive thing to have happen to the Mavericks. Um, They are really sliding in the standings. Minnesota managed to beat Atlanta by a point. Um, So they won on Wednesday. Um, Portland did the Lakers a favor by beating Utah. So um, when you look back at the incredibly clumpy standings in the Western Conference, uh, Golden State now is the team that is moving more comfortably into the top six. They have 36 losses. They are a game and a half in front of the Lakers. Uh, that's important because the Lakers do have the tiebreaker on Golden State. Mm-hmm. Minnesota 37 and 37. Oklahoma City 36 and 36. Mavericks and Lakers tied at 36 and 37. So it is really tight. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams with 36 or 37 losses um really really tight um the lakers play of course oklahoma city on friday that is about as big as a game can possibly be um yeah i mean i, I to get back to the ad thing i i don't know exactly i think it's a combination of trying to you know like lebron does, you know allow players to you know, the other guys to get into a flow to, to orchestrate to not dominate to the point where, you know, like Julius Randall the other night had 57 and the Knicks lost. Um, like you, you don't want that, um, but it does. And I, I think there are some scheme things. Like I said, it's just like, how many times are we going you know, to watch Anthony Davis just kind of wander around the top of the the key, just setting screens for people, and then, you know, the, the nothing shakes loose. So he sets another screen. Nothing shakes loose. So it's like, can we do something a little bit more schematically creative than that? Um, so I think that plays a role in it. And then I think, the, you know, the third part of that is just Anthony Davis. You know, you can just sort of tell the difference between the, the, the pace and the urgency of the first half on Wednesday when he wasn't bad versus the third quarter and the fourth quarter on Wednesday when he was excellent. And like that next level just needs to click in earlier for the Lakers. And it needs to click in from a scheme standpoint. It needs, they, they need to find ways to give him a little bit more space and get him an easy bucket. Um, it, you know, better matchups, better switches, all that kind of stuff. I, I just feel, I see that's like sort of a combination of all of it.
1: Well, I, I mean, in that sense, it could be helpful to have Reeves out there because he is much more of a playmaker than, than Malik Beasley. Mm -hmm. And it's another guy along with D'Angelo Russell that can, you know, help find those spots for AD. Another thing I noticed just having Reeves out there that was great for D'Lo is when it was him and Malik Beasley in the backcourt without LeBron there, you know, Troy Brown on the wing, Jared Vanderbilt, you're you're basically left with D'Lo as the primary and often sole playmaker, which means he can't have any real utility off ball. With Reeves out there, D'Lo can play off ball. And there was mm-hmm. at least one bucket I can remember off the top of my head that Reeves set D'Lo up off a cut and, you know, just diving to the basket. Like st- you're you're going to see just more general utility from D'Lo and and maybe even from AD as a whole, just from having another guy out there that can maybe help, you know, recognize when AD's in a good position, you know, they can work yeah. off them. And like, I, I think – you know, like
0: our friend um, uh, Jason Timp pointed out that you know, like he, you know, saw a few times. I th- I think I was looking at some of the same stuff. Like there, there are times when AD has, they actually does get the right matchup at the right time and and doesn't get the ball, um, in a in a position where he could act quickly and decisively. Cause I don't love just planting the guy down on the block and and go because I think it just makes him too easy to defend. But there are times when he beats his man down there or you know, goes early and establishes established position where you do need to get on the ball quickly. And, you know, the Lakers' guards don't always do that. Um, and so that's something else that needs to, um, that that can change too, that, you know, that guys who haven't necessarily played with him a lot are, are attuned to. Maybe Reeves is a little more there. Um, it's just also, t- some of it with Reeves is just, ultimately, I think you put him in the starting lineup because he's just playing too well not to um you know you reach the part of the season where not putting your best players in the lineup could be kind of a version of overthinking it like the starting lineup in a position where they could play the maximum amount of minutes that you need with your other best players um but you could really tell the difference like the starting lineup bounced back nicely to where you are able to absorb a six point quiet six point game from, troy brown i don't think it's an accident that vanderbilt shook loose five of five from the floor and you know garbagey vanderbilt type minutes you know type buckets and then the lakers did the other thing they did really well that helped andy and this was different was generated defense offense with defense they you know they they were able to create in going the other way by turning phoenix over and getting easy buckets, which was well, you know, that, a nice change.
1: That actually makes sense, um, A, because Austin Reeves is a much better, more disruptive defender than Malik Beasley. But also, in this, we had talked about this, and this was more the matchup than the lineup switch because Phoenix is a pretty small team. But Jared Vanderbilt, who we should make sure to point out, asked for the assignment of Devin Booker. And, you know, Booker had a good night. But I don't think he necessarily, at least for the most part, had an easy night. And either way, it's great to see Vanderbilt want that assignment. But him being out on the perimeter or the ability to do that, we talked about that as far as the way he started out defensively on this team versus where he's been without LeBron. I think the, the more he can be out on the perimeter, the more disruptive the defense in general can be. Speaking, by the way, of just disruptiveness and uh, putting Phoenix on his heels, uh, Monty Williams complaining about the free throws, that discrepancy. And when I say he complained, he took one question in his postgame presser. I don't even know what the question was. I just know all he talked about was his team not getting the line enough in this game, his team not getting the line enough In general, they're just thought of as these mid range gods and they don't get enough credit for the contact that they draw and earn, blah, blah, blah. Devin Booker, you know, he had 12 free throws, but everybody else uh, only, uh, what is it, only eight between them. Serious question for Monty Williams. Even if you want to say the Lakers were the beneficiaries of real home cooking. Who the f else on the Suns do you expect to be getting to the line with regularity with no Kevin Durant, no Deandre Ayton. Like Chris Paul at this stage of his career is not somebody who gets to the line often. You know, he certainly used to, but he doesn't anymore. He hasn't been he has not been going to the line no. with regularity for the last few years. I looked up some other guys like Josh Okogie, Josh Okogie has his career high for free throws in a in a season attempted three?
0: No, Tory I mean, Craig,
1: that... Tory Craig, like one free throw per game. Terrence Ross, all the guy in this league has ever done is be a volume, empty calories scorer. He's never averaged more than free three free throws a game. I, later, I took later, it... shaman yeah, never averaged two. Bismack no, I... Biombo. Trust me, people would send him to the line if they could because he he's like a 45% or whatever free throw guy on his career. It's not like people are avoiding avoiding contact with. I, I took it
0: I, I took it more to mean it's more to be about complete less about not getting calls and more complaining that the Lakers were getting too many. But the flip side of that is, you know, the Suns have the worst ratio of free throws to field goals as a defending yeah. team. In the NBA, and it's really not even close. Um, and the Lakers, meanwhile, that is, you know, the, the problem with the Lakers is not that, it, you know, they. One thing you said, they defend without fouling. They do not put other teams on the line. They don't generate enough turnovers. But um, the Lakers don't foul, and so this game, from that perspective, played out exactly as you would the, think. The, the Lakers, Lakers are one also... of the best. The Lakers are one of the best teams in the league at keeping teams. <laughs> Are keeping teams off the line. Uh, they are the best team, you know, at least as a as a again field free throws to field goal attempts uh, that ratio. And the Suns are the worst. And so, especially and the on the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers' home floor, uh, with with Superman Austin Reeves, <laughs>
1: and like the Lakers, that, the Lakers broadly the that this this was not surprising to me. No, the Lakers also lead the league in getting to the line, and and not just because of the emergence of Austin Reeves. Like they. They've been great at getting to the line, right? All season you forget that
0: off. because they're not as good at, at converting. When I they, was going to say they, 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 they weren't very they're... good. They weren't very good on Wednesday. Like I had that that really scary sinking feeling of you know from the Dallas game of like they're going to leave. Look, forty six free throws. <laughs> a lot of free throws. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to pretend the Lakers didn't shoot a lot of free throws, but you know, forty six is a lot. But um, you know, but like they. They just, I had that feeling like they're going to leave enough free throws out there that they're going to like risk losing this game, but it didn't turn out. So that was nice. But yeah, I, I, Monty can, Monty can keep this complaint to himself, in yeah, my opinion. Just,
1: I mean, seriously, like who on that team do you expect to be getting the line other than Devin Booker, who got there 12 times? Yep. Like 12 is a lot. A lot. <laughs> that's a lot. That's like, that's like Austin Reeves level. Like that's a lot. Like three
0: quarters. It's like three quarters of Austin Reeves.
1: Yeah. I mean, just enough.
0: Right, if he sat the fourth quarter. Uh, Lock the on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. Uh, we'll be back on um, Friday to get everybody ready for a huge,
1: huge
0: game uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, all kinds of implications for the top ten, for tiebreakers, for this, that, whatever. Plus, Shea, uh, who might actually play in that game. Uh, Mark Daniel says that uh, the... Shay, who has not been playing back to back since coming back from that abdomen thing, uh, might be able to do that now because you know, of course. Um, So uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, I am, for one, I'm looking very much looking forward to that game. We'll see everybody next time.